Welcome to the Practical Mystic Show, where we bring you simple tips and techniques from around the globe to help practical people deal with extraordinary experiences. And now, your favorite scientist, shaman, and sacred clown, and also the show's host, Janine Bolin. Hello and welcome to the Practical Mystic Show. This is Janine Bolin, and today we happen to have with us Jeff Boshawa, who is a business coach, author, educator, curator of all things related to business, efficiency, and technology. Jeff joined his first accounting firm in 1991 and has spent the bulk of his career working with and advising small to medium-sized enterprises. Jeff has the experience working with all sizes of businesses from sole proprietorships to international organizations. His focus of his career has been new and better ways to integrate innovation and technology to enhance the customer experience and improve efficiency in businesses. Hang in there. There's a reason why Jeff is on the show today. Just stay with us here. Jeff has met some very innovative mentors in his career. He has had the fortune to be in a position to learn from them, compare their ideas, and then test them out. So he has the best of the best. Jeff would do love nothing more than to be a free business owners from the stress that's created by high volume commodity work and allow them the freedom to pursue the rewarding and personally uh, fulfilling careers that they know they can have. Overall, Jeff's goal is to reduce the hours that are worked by business owners and increase their overall profitability. Wouldn't we all love that? That's that work less and make more money. We all love that. Jeff challenges us to learn more about our businesses so that we can bid on the right kinds of projects, and then earn what you're worth. Your education would be your most valued possession. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jeff. Thank you very much for having me, Janine. I'm really excited to have yet another chance to chat with you. So thank you. Uh, Me too. I I was really excited about this. So I want to let the listeners know you're used to having, uh, used to having, me having on the show guests that are mystics and psychics and mediums and light workers and all that. The reason why Jeff is on the show is because he is all that, but he labels himself as spiritual, but not religious like many people do. And yet at the same time, he likes to integrate the things that help business owners run more efficiently, make more money while at the same time, following their passion. And so on this show, uh, you can go to some of my other podcast shows, the three minute money tip, where you'll see an eight series segment where Jeff takes money issues that business owners have and breaks them down so that you can help you with that. In this show, the reason I had him on the Practical Mystic Show is because so many of you that listen to this broadcast are running your own business. You're reading tarot cards. You have a clinic. You're a light worker. And Jeff is your guy to help you make more money with working uh, less hours. But he also wanted to kind of chat with us a little bit today about this whole authenticity gig and the way that a lot of psychics, a lot of mystics operate in stealth mode because they're trying to fit in. And one of the things he and I were talking about before we got on today was the world has had enough of that. And it's time for you to come out of your proverbial closet. So Jeff, would you like to describe a little bit more about what we were just discussing before I hit the record button? (laughs) Sure. Well, and again, I think this is a very timely topic. And, you know, for the record, um, I believe that, you know, we can only, you know, a lot of people have, here's my business over here. Here's my life over here. Um, If you don't bring your whole self to the business, 
you're never going to quite see the level of success that you deserve, um, but you're also not going to feel really fulfilled. And I think that's one of the, the, the reasons you and I are chatting today is when I'm working with my business owners, they all have some superpower or secret gift uh, that they hide from the world. And I think that's, you know, being authentic in my view is number one, you have to be authentic with yourself. So the message you project to the world has to be, you know, reflective of the inner person. Um, so if you're a healer and you want to heal people, you need to live in that authenticity as a healer. You can't be, you know, oh, I'm a healer and I turn it off at five o'clock. Um, that's a recipe for, you know, leading a double life. You, you know, if you have to be one way at work and one way at home, at some point you're going to be frustrated, you're going to be burnt out, and no amount of money is going to make that worthwhile. So we'll, we'll talk about that more, I think. I, I think so. And, and the other thing I wanted to share with people is you've become, I've watched you over the last two years that I've known you, uh, become this master networker to such a degree that it's like you need a database so that you can keep track of the sheer volume of people that are coming into your world. And it's like a lot of us never expected to have the influx of people into our life because of what happens with the shutdowns and everything. So talk to us a little bit about some of the coping mechanisms that you've come up with for yourself. One of the things I noticed is that you no longer wear the suit and tie, man. It, if it's not the Hawaiian shirts, you don't wear it. I mean, even your, like, your marketing materials and everything, this is like un, unheard of for a CPA-type dude. So talk to us about how over the last 18 months you're like, chuck this. I have got to yeah. move in a very different direction. Well, and, and I, I don't like to say this out loud too much, but we're talking about being authentic, so I'll be authentic. Um, COVID was an interesting experience, and you know, interesting is is both good and bad. I'll, I'll leave it at that, and we can all fill in the blanks. Uh, but I think the gift that COVID gave gave me personally was realizing that I wasn't serving to my full potential. I wasn't being who I was meant to be. And, you know, one of the things pre-COVID, I used to be, you know, the good little accountant. I would show up at networking events wearing my suit and tie because that's the uniform of the accountant. You know, it's either shades of navy or shades of gray. Um, you know, there, there's all these rules about who we had to be. And I realized, and, and this is about authenticity with myself, when I was wearing the suits, at these events, and then somebody become a client, inevitably, they'd say, you're not who I expected you to be. And I really looked at that and said, you know, most people would discard it. But I looked at it and said, you know, there's some wisdom there. And the aha moment for me was, they were looking for somebody who was, you know, a little bit stuffier, a little bit more serious. And I'm not that guy. And, and so it was completely by accident. I, um, I thought I'm going to test this out. And, and the results were phenomenal. Uh, when I started wearing Hawaiian shirts to public speaking gigs, uh, the serious people, I actually had one um, very well-dressed gentleman with very well-polished shoes and, you know, very expensive watch and very expensive briefcase. He was sitting at the back of the room reading his newspaper 
and he very loudly flipped it down and you know peered over the newspaper disapprovingly at me flipped his newspaper shut slammed it under his arm and said i'm not going to stay and listen to this clown and it was in that exact moment first of all i i had the microphone never insult somebody with a microphone because i was thinking you know i could rip this guy apart um but i left him with gratitude i said sir i thank you for expressing your opinion if anybody else feels this way you're welcome to leave you'll all get a full refund i wish you the best i'm sorry i wasted your time um going forward i won't and so that that became the aha moment that you know people come to me because i'm really laid back and i've learned that the hawaiian shirts work because you typically wear loud shirts when you're on vacation um, and that's where you typically see them. So, you know, people expect me being authentic. They expect that I'm going to be a little more laid back. And, and so, so being able to cater to that a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I was born and raised in Southern Saskatchewan and I used to wear surfing shirts and board shorts, even when it was minus 40, um, so even as a kid, I was very much, you know, it's not easy to find beach themed clothes in Southern Saskatchewan. <laughs> no, no. Canada isn't known for its surfing gear, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, we don't have the big shops. Um, sadly, most of my, my um, Hawaiian shirts, and by the way, it, it's become so authentic. It's part of my family. Uh, my kids live for the hunt. They're always on the lookout if they go out, you know, can they find out a good Hawaiian shirt? Uh, and it's, my wife does that as well. And it's like, okay, stop. You know, I, I want to move to Hawaii and, and buy the shirts there. Um, but in the meantime, you know, it, it does filter out. And, and I think that's, you know, very important for the, you know, the practical mystic. Um, you know, if you're watering down your message, and, and I think maybe this is the the next stage of, of authenticity is, you know, once we're authentic with ourselves, now we need to be authentic with those around us. And, you know, if you're the kind of person who likes to wear certain things or do certain things, um, find ways, you know, don't dive in and find out you're losing all your clients, but, you know, test it and see, see if it has an impact. And I would suspect, you know, again, we can talk about law of attraction. We talk about a lot of the, you know, the universe ordering itself, but the reality is if we're clear on who we are, it's really easy to find people like us to serve. And I think the big mistake I see with most of my clients, I don't care what industry they're in they try to be all things to all people. And so they end up having a bunch of customers who pay them money. Maybe they come back, maybe they don't. But the reality is you want to have the charisma to have a tribe. You want to build that audience who, you know, no matter what, they'll drive, you know, 10 hours in the rain, um, you know, to, to see you speak or to come and support you. Um, I'd rather have 100 loyal followers who care about me than 10,000 people who like everything I post on, on Facebook. And I think what has happened has been the emphasis on numbers. 
right? The emphasis on how many people do you have as followers and are you an influencer? And I've seen this a lot on LinkedIn and not so much on Facebook, but for those of you who have your own business, have your own clinic, there's a lot of pressure to have numbers like, are, and it comes down to that, are you worthy? Are you worthy of my time? Are you worthy of this? And so one of the things that is kind of challenging for a solopreneur's self-confidence is going up against that. So if you don't mind, share with us a little bit about how you get over that early training that we all received before the age of five of, you know, you had to be worthy to get somebody's time. And it goes by a lot of names, but it can really be a buggeroo when it comes to being self-employed. And you're telling somebody, look, if you want me to help you, it's going to be $495, you know, my price, $495 for 45 minutes. And people are like, oh, my God, I've never paid that much in my life. Well, obviously, they're not my demographic, right? But at the same time, I need to have a referral network where I can refer them out. So standing firm in that number, because I've run the numbers, I've crunched the numbers, I know what I can offer somebody. So. I would love to learn your your process, how you stay in that truth for yourself. Well, and, and I think, you know, th- there's a lot to unpack just in that little dialogue. And, and you know, I think, first of all, yes, we're, we're fighting conditioning from childhood that, you know, and, and that's sort of one of the things I've worked through as an adult is, you know, does this serve me? Um, you know, we make rules based on on assumptions that, you know, quite frankly, at five, we really don't have the capacity to evaluate it. Um, and, and that's, I think, a huge thing. Um, we carry that baggage throughout life. Um, so first and foremost, I think the biggest thing is being aware that, you know, we make decisions in our adult life, you know, and, and most of them are about money, relationships. Um, a lot of it is based on, are we worthy? And um, by the way, there's a a fun little conundrum in this, um, because if you believe in the ego boosting of building a massive audience, you're actually going to have your negative beliefs reinforced. And what I mean by that is you will always find if you're focused on how many people are following you, if you reach your goal of 10,000 you're going to find somebody who reached the goal of 100,000 faster than you reached 10,000. So you're going to find all of this evidence to limit your value in your mind. So that's one of the things I find it's ironic when we chase the ego numbers that actually don't mean anything. We actually go back to that five-year-old version of ourselves and we say, see, you weren't worthy. Now, the irony, and, and this is where I've, I've probably seen my life explode in the last year, um, I decided I wanted to be a giver. I decided I wanted to be part of that, you know, and, and I, I realized I believe in abundance when it comes to money. Whenever I need it, it's there. Um, but I had a scarcity mindset around time. So I, I spent a lot of my time thinking about how to protect my time, which, you know, it, it's a vicious, vicious circle. Um, but when you get into those places, it reinforces the negatives from your childhood. So instead of thinking about how do I protect my time, I started to think about how do I add more value to the people around me with the time I'm giving them. 
and it was a, a little bit of a brain breaker and and that sort of you know i think a lot of things you know my brain had to crack and and reform a few times in the last year um because i realized it wasn't about me it wasn't about them it was you know what value are we creating with the time we spend together and ironically it was learning you know who do i want to spend my time with and and those people were the ones that you know just by talking to them you know having a conversation i left with enormous value and and i know that i did the same for them and and honestly um you know we could get into my my understanding of of the world through the eyes of the dolphins the sharks and the carp um that might be a fun little tangent for another day but basically when you recognize who you are and who you want to serve you can tailor how you serve them to meet them where they are and and i think that's you know another mistake a lot of people make in business is they try to meet everybody you know at exactly where they are which is a recipe for failure um instead you need to have like little bus stops and be have people ready for you at that stop so that do you mind giving us an example of what you mean by that you know you're very good with the metaphors but how does yeah. that work for a solopreneur that maybe you know does readings for people or helps people yeah. mm-hmm. well so again a lot of businesses they they sort of so I, I won't go into the full metaphor but i have one about the river of business and a lot of solopreneurs they literally stand on the shore of the river and say you present me with a hungry fish who asks for my particular bait i will then throw the hook in the river um that is a recipe for disaster because it's just literally dumb luck that you find somebody um whereas with the the bus stop analogy so let's say somebody is an energy healer the first barrier is that somebody has to believe that they can be cured or healed by energy. So if you're trying to appeal to the broad population, all you're going to hear is the 97% of the population. By the way, this applies to any business. 97% don't actively care about you at that moment. Only 3% of a population need what you offer at an exact moment in time. So the the thing is if you're being a healer and you're standing out there shouting to the world I can heal you you're going to get 97% of the population telling you to shut up and be quiet because you're annoying them. 3% are saying what what was that I couldn't hear that. So I think the the practical thing a lot of people make the mistake of shouting and trying to shout louder than their comp- competitors you know trying to shout loudly but the secret if you're a healer you need to whisper in the 3% you need to whisper in their ear and say i can help you and i think that's the mistake most people make is draining all of this energy fighting the 97% and, and by the way of a population there's 30% that no matter what you do will never work with you they don't like your hair color they don't like your eye color they don't like your accent there's 30% that will say no no matter what you offer them and a lot of people try to get to those 30% you're wasting your time and energy 
So there's 3% that need you right now. There's 7% that are thinking about needing you. And then there's 30% that one day will need you. Um, I'll, I'll give you a practical example. If you're a minivan salesperson, um, you are not going to reach the newly married young couple who has the convertible and, you know, the little purse dog. They're not going to want to buy your minivan. They're at that moment in the vast majority of people who don't care. Now, when somebody is pregnant or looking to get pregnant, they start to look at, you know, is, and we were in this boat, we had a nice little fuel efficient car. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're having kids. Well, guess what? Is, is it minivan or SUV? Um, we chose a hybrid SUV because it was good on gas, but, you know, I just couldn't bear to bring myself to buy a minivan. So I'm one of those 30% that over my dead body, I will never buy a minivan. <laughs> I understand. So the reality is, and, and this is where the magic comes in. If you're a minivan salesperson, you want to hang out where new or soon to be parents would hang out. You want to be in front of them at, you know, baby fairs, um, baby furniture stores. So if you're a healer, you know, and, and again, I'm guessing there's a, a conflict between healing and, and religion in some scenarios, um, you're wasting your breath going in and saying, I can heal you with energy, um, you know, in the Bible belt, for example, maybe. But just, a, just as an example, yeah. Yeah, just as an example, you know, because again, you know, I, I have this funny little analogy where, you know, somebody was on the roof of their house and, you know, the river was flooding and, you know, their neighbor came by with a little boat and said, hey, I'm here to save you. And he said, no, I'm praying God will save me. Um, and then a, a bigger boat came along and they said, hey, come on board. And he said, no, I'm waiting for the Lord to save me. And then a helicopter comes by and says, look, you know, as the water's up to the guy's neck, the helicopter says, you know, I'm here to save you. And he says, nope, the Lord will save me. And when this individual drowns and meets their savior, they say, God, why didn't you help me? And he said, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What else do you want? I know. Sometimes we forget that help is through different means than what our paradigm allows. And that's what yeah. ends up happening. Well, thank you so much for your time today and talking to us about what you know. When we were chatting probably eight months ago, we were talking about this show and I was like, Jeff, I really want you on because I know that you have a lot of information you can give people that are starting their businesses. Money's always a challenge. doesn't matter what business you're in. Um, where can people go to learn more about you, how you help business owners with mini money management? You have... Um, several different uh s not essays i'm sorry um uh surveys that people can take and you yeah. have paradigms uh set up for them and worksheets where can they go for some of that i think the best place um if, if people want to connect with me on linkedin um i don't know how many of your audience is there but i'm definitely on linkedin um i think for for your audience and the the purposes of today I would, uh, my gut would tell me to steer them to makingmaximummoney.com. Um, I think that's a, a good place. There's some good resources there to help the solopreneurs. And I'm going to 
emphasize solopreneurs, small businesses. That is my passion. I love helping those people. And I genuinely don't care what product or service they have. I think there's opportunities to improve the cash flow. And, and full disclosure, I know some people don't measure their life by, by money. Um, but one of my favorite sayings is the best way to help the poor is to not be one of them. No, I agree. This is where you and I have such similar philosophies, which is when Jeff first approached me with his book, Making Maximum Money, I was like, oh, that's fabulous because we're not after money for money's sake. We're after money so that we can make a difference in this world. I happen to be very philanthropic. Other people build organizations. Uh, if you run a clinic, you're offering a service to your community and we want you to stay in business and not be stressing out about cash. And so I definitely recommend that you go to making, uh, I'm sorry, is it makingmaximummoney.com? Yeah. <laughs> I want to make yeah, sure. It doesn't roll off the tongue, but yes, <laughs> no, makingmaximummoney.com. No, no, I, just... <laughs> no, no, I want to make sure that we go to the right place. He has a lot of free stuff and I, I loved your worksheets. I printed them off and I started teaching some of your principles and, and then Jeff was kind enough to get on our three minute money tip podcast and go through all eight steps. So thank you so much for your time today. Any closing comments you want to share with us? I would say if you truly believe in what you do, you have a moral obligation to help as many people as you can. And I think that's where, you know, making maximum money does come into play. Um, even if you make that money so that you can choose to be philanthropic um, that would be a path. I think a lot of healers say, oh, money's beneath me or money is, you know, not a good topic. Um, think about the good you can do with the money and, and more importantly, how deeply you can serve more people. So that, that would be my big thing is be authentic, be who you were born to be, who you want to be, and the money will follow. Thank you so much, Jeff. It was lovely having you today. Thank you. It was always a pleasure, Janine. And this is the Practical Mystic Show with Janine Bolin. We are here to remind you that you are stardust, that you are a product of the stars, and that we want you to keep reaching for the stars while you keep your feet firmly planted here on planet Earth. Have a great day. See you next Friday. This has been the Practical Mystic Show with Janine Bolin. For show notes, resources, and more, Visit the eightgates.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.